Hello and welcome to the Moisture Farm Report, the Star Wars podcast that truly belongs among the clouds. We are back to discuss some more uh, lovely little bits of the Star Wars universe. I am James Matthews and with me as always is my co-host Adam Wheeler. How are you doing Adam? I'm doing very well thank you James and um, I am really glad that as I just told you before we went live that this flock of geese outside my window <laughs> disturb our intro otherwise yeah that would have gone down very badly but they were they, they literally flew past my window and yeah um yeah i wonder if they belong in the clouds as well maybe that's where they're going <laughs> you're literally about to start recording a flock of geese goes overhead <laughs> they're like the loudest of the birds I honestly think. they're so loud it's one of the perks i suppose of living, living next to a lake and a, a park but yes uh I, yes i'm good james i've had dinner i um mm -hmm. i'm ready and uh excited for this episode which we both spent the last say 30 minutes uh, manically creating notes <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes is generous <laughs> five minutes <laughs> oh dear this is one of those ones where i've come with like barely any prep at all and i'm hoping it's going to be a good one but it could just be it could be terrible <laughs> no chance james no chance not not with these not with these ones uh but i guess before we do actually mention what we are talking about james maybe we should yes. plug a little something Oh, we could indeed, because if you're a fan of this show, this kind of scrambled mess of the show, uh, you can support it by heading to buymeacoffee.com forward slash moisture farm rep, and you can donate a small sum. You can buy us a cup of jar juice, buy us a cup of whiskey. I'm still on the medicinal whiskey, even though my <laughs> flu is mostly gone now. What have um, you got now? What have you got now to drink? I, I've got a bottle of Ardbeg Isla Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, 10-year-old, that I got for Christmas. Damn. If you'd like to... Ardbeg, if you're listening and you're a fan of the show and you'd like to support us, we will take a sponsorship plug because this is the smokiest damn whiskey I've ever had and it is delicious. I don't know how you can uh, how you can go for that this time uh, this time of night. I suppose it would help sleeping. I mean, I've got a uh, I've got a nice uh, sachet of cappuccino mm. <laughs> uh, to keep me awake for the next couple of hours. But is that is that a brand that could support the podcast in future? Uh I, I can't remember what they're called. You get them from Aldi's and, and, and Lidl's, oh, okay. right? So, uh, yeah, like, who knows what they are, but um, I'll definitely take a sponsorship of Cappuccino Sachets because I go through them like absolute um, anyone's business. But um, shall we get into today's episode? I think it's about time we do that. So, Adam. Yes. What is it? What is it that we're talking about today? Well, James, we are, as we say, we're just starting out with season four. And how mm -hmm. else could we uh, get into season four? You know, we're, in, we're episode two now. We're rolling into it. We thought <laughs> we would give you guys another what if. We thought we'd give you guys another what if episode because you know how much we enjoy doing it and creating our little funny stories. So we've got another one here for you about a very specific character, James. One who... Mm. I, I, I don't know about you, but I felt like it was harder to think of something for this guy of this specific yeah. character than some of the others. Perhaps because we couldn't think of like a scenario involving this character and how they become larger than what maybe they appear in the films, right? Because we're kind of going back to the, uh, the idea of the beginning of the Moisture Farm report of picking on the characters who we don't see that much, right? With this one? Yeah, it was kind of tricky because he doesn't have like a crossroads moment where, like, because they're not really that important in the plot, there's no moment where you're like, oh, what if, 
what if this moment went differently in their lives? How would Star Wars change? So we kind of had to go a little bit, a little bit off piece, exactly, a little bit, exactly. um, picking a little bit obscure. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Picking uh, something a little bit obscure, a bit far fetched, a bit far fetched, definitely yes. far fetched. Okay, well, we are looking at today. What if Uncar Plutt became a master chef or master baker? <laughs> and this is a, <laughs> and um. And there's a very specific reason why we've chosen this as the scenario. I guess we started off, James, with the premise of what if Uncar Plutt became a household name, right? That mm. was sort of like where we were kind of starting with it, because in the film, in Force Awakens, he's very much just this junk trader who no one really cares about and nobody really gives that much credence to. And then we were like, okay, but what if... Sorry, that's very unprofessional, my phone going off there in the background... <laughs> That's me messaging you. It is James. Goodness. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I and we thought that well, the fact that Uncle Plot has these interesting things that he has in his little stand in his concession stand, we thought why not let's exacerbate that and let's look into how that could change his fortunes for the better or for the worse. Indeed. Yeah, we're thinking of, like, what if he becomes, like, a kind of household name, like a brand, like, what could Uncar Pluck go and do? And I think we both ended up settling on the same avenue, didn't we? The yeah. same kind of jumping off point. <laughs> it's, it was, like, the most <laughs> obvious one, but um, I'm really interested to see where we both go with it, because once again, we tend to... Well, because we went off with the same tangent point with the Clone Trooper one, but we came it's up true. with wildly different situations so i'm sure the same will happen this time yeah so the the kind of jumping off point that we've picked is what if uncar plot becomes like adam said a kind of master chef or a or a baking superstar because we're both thinking of those little portions that he gives out to ray and the other scavengers that they can turn into into little muffins little portion bread muffins and we thought what if i don't know at least i thought what if they become like famous throughout the galaxy what if they're a springboard for him into culinary success. Where could this take the character of Uncar Plutt? And shall we shall we briefly remind the listeners who might have forgotten who Uncar Plutt is, just for the benefit That's of good idea. We've talked about him a lot already. Yeah. I feel like we probably should have covered that earlier. So in The Force Awakens, Uncar Plutt is the one who is effectively running the concession stand who Ray goes to mm. to trade scavenger junk for rations, which turn into food. And <laughs> Uncar runs this sort of business or this sort of... Um, I don't know how to explain it, this enterprise in this area that, you know, brings in all of this scavenger from all the nearby areas and then obviously sells mm. on the bread as as recompense. He sort of controls this sector and very much a large part of Jakku because of it and because of all the nearby wreckage of Imperial ships. Um, it's very much that he sort of is he he's very much in control of the scavengers in that area right yeah i i looked up a little bit about what this portion bread actually is um because i was trying to think like is there something that can inform the story and did you know that it's actually just ration packs from star destroyers I like did. that's all yeah, the portions when, are when, yeah yeah when i looked into it i was like that's so interesting uh, yeah the imp the crash imperial ships there was just lit you know it littered these portion packs everywhere because it was effectively what the Empire fed their infantry on. Yeah, and Uncar Plutt just went around and collected them all, and now he's got, like, this horde of ancient, like, 30-year-old ration packs that he's giving out as payment to his scavengers. Where does he which, keep them all? I don't know. I, I wonder if it's a bit like kind of astronaut food, like, the you know, the vacuum-packed astronaut food they have. Oh, yes. Like, I wonder if it's that kind of... Um, if it's, like, analogous to that. But then I thought, does Jakku not have any other food supplies? 
if well, this is all hard, that he's right? got to give out. It's, it looks like yeah. a very inhospitable environment to live in. Yeah, that you got to eat 30-year-old <laughs> packets. You take what you get, mate, in that environment. Yeah. I, I, I like to think he's got like a cellar with just like, you know mm. how in Pirates of the Caribbean, how, um, how Captain Jack Sparrow just unlifts like the, the, the hatch yeah. in the <laughs> island and there's just rum in the cellar. I like to think there's yeah. loads of those around the concession stand. <laughs> like bread smugglers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole operation. Oh, man. Um, well... James, um, mm-hmm. now that we've reminded them of who Uncle Plut is, um, yeah. should we just get into it, into our stories? Let's do that. Who wants to go first? Oh, I don't mind. Who who went first with the <laughs> uh, with the clone one? Was it was it was uh, it you? I think I yeah, I think I went first so with the clone. Shall one. I go first with this? Okay, I'm gonna pour myself another glass of Ardbeg. <laughs> Sit back and relax because you are about to be entertained, sir. Um my what if? So what if mm-hmm. Uncoupled became a master chef, a renowned baker in the galaxy mm. of Star Wars? Well, so this all starts my story with yeah. obviously Uncoupled, a renowned junk trader on the planet Jakku. And he obviously owns the concession stand, which we know. Um, one of the only known ones for miles and miles due to the valuable product that Unka has become acquainted with over the last mm. couple of weeks. Um, and of course, we've just talked about how during the last battle of the Empire above Jakku, where the rebel forces came into contact with um, with the Imperial forces, um, yeah. hundreds of Imperial wrecked ships were scattered across the region of Jakku. And obviously in those starships, as we discussed, Ankar was scavenging through one day and he uncovered mm-hmm. a small little item, a little, a little ration pack, a little pouch, which obviously if you mixed with a certain liquid and in the right conditions... It would turn instantly into a form of edible bread, um, and this was called—I um, think it was called polystarch bread—is the it's name. Something like that, yeah. It's, it's something like that. So, um, and this was obviously used by the Empire as the main food supply. So, upon discovering this, he rushes back to his concession stand with excitement, right, to show Ray. And mm-hmm. you know, this bread is an absolute marvel, and there's nothing that he's ever quite seen in his travels across the galaxy before. And Ray tells him that such a bread could be an excellent incentive to get local traders and scavengers working for you, as it would instantly yeah. solve the food crisis in the in the area. You know, it could solve, um, you know, it, it, not quite to the extent of it could solve, you know, world <laughs> hunger on Jakku, but, you know, it might if you could harness it in a certain way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, can you are imagine you going what... down? Are you going down like a biblical loaves and fishes route here? <laughs> Is this going to be the retelling of the feeding of the five thousand? Yeah, he just takes. If yeah, he's on the ma- he's on the mound. He's got like all the scavengers <laughs> around him, and he's just passing out bread one by one. Well, think of it this way. I mean, think of what that bread could do on our world. That could That's solve so true. much if you could distribute it and 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 replicate it in a certain yeah. way. Yeah, right. Because we've got instant action yeast here, but it's not like it's nowhere near as good as when Ray just pops it in a pan and it becomes a muffin. <laughs> Because it takes like three seconds, doesn't it? And it's done. Yeah, yeah. I would kill for that kind of. Bread. I would, I would kill for that. There's so, it, so little effort that goes into it. So Ray has given the idea to Unkar that he could use this as an incentive to get people working for him. But yeah. Unkar has other ideas. So okay. Unkar decides to begin to he begins to experiment with this bread, right? Oh. Suddenly, within a year, he's created a local little bakery stand. 
in on Jakku and a little machine behind, which turns out this bread at a pace, at hundreds yeah. and hundreds at a time. And word starts to spread around about this marvelous stuff that instantly mm. becomes food, right? And people travel from far and wide to see it. By the yeah. start of the next, the following year, Ankar has expanded his operations, creating not only now, you know, galaxy-wide famous instant Jakku bread, which is what it's yeah. called, right? <laughs> but he also has expanded his empire into instant Jakku pizza. Yeah, nice. Instant Jakku pastries. Um, Lovely. Based on uh, based on a Keshian spice roll, which is an actual thing Ooh. in the uh, Black Spy cookbook, which I that neatly stole. Basically, the idea is that it's like it's it's batter, spices, spicy filling. It's basically like a cinnamon roll. So he's making those yeah. as well. Oh, that sounds delicious. He, all all he had to do was meddle around with the recipe in it some way, yeah. adding little bits before. And you little instantly, bit of nutmeg, little, little bit of all bit of, spice. Exactly, put a bit of some raisins in there, some sultanas, and it instantly... Some browned butter. Exactly, and it turns into these other interesting creations. Nice. This technology will change dinner parties forever. <laughs> well, this is it. He's not just turning <laughs> out bread, and he's not just a bakery now. Unkar yeah. is actually, in this scenario, <laughs> kind of turned into... He set up this kind of dining experience on Jakku, <laughs> right? He's sort of like the... Um, who had the uh, is it the Heston Blumenthal of Jakku, uh, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> so he's creating these incredible dining experiences <laughs> where travelers come in from far and wide to marvel at these yeah. things which sprout out from nothing but turn into meals and and yeah. bread or meals. <laughs> Do you have a name for his dining experience? <laughs> no, I don't, James. Oh. Um, should we come up with one right now? Well, I just thought of Plutt's plate. Oh. I don't know if that's very oh. good. That's it. That's got to be it. <laughs> Plutt's plate. I love it. Um, and uh, and he next, you know, from there, he goes on to shipping his creations out to local star systems. Yep. Um, very soon, he is as rich as they come. Yeah, and, and Ray, he works for, she works for Unkar during this time. Mm -hmm. um, first as someone on the concession stand, then as a waitress, then as a logistics manager, and a chef. She's done yep. it all. She's done everything, nice. right? Basically, by the end of their second year in business, yeah, they are both, that is, Ray and Unkar, living in an apartment on a close-by moon, where mm. Unkar controls his business empire, which involves, by this point, 50 factories, yeah, 10 distribution centers, yeah. and business on 12 star systems. Ooh. Right? He's a, Pretty good. He's a mogul at this point, yeah. you know? <laughs> he's massive. <laughs> He's sort of like how I imagine like the huts have become in terms mm. of like business reach or like their operations reach, sort of like that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So he's got like a whole kind of network. He's got like regional managers yep. underneath him. Yeah. He's got oh. franchises. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got it all. That is impressive. I know. Um, and uh, also during this time, because he becomes so big mm. and becomes so famous, he becomes so rich. He also eventually funds and creates the Jakku Scavenger Games, which is uh, renowned throughout the galaxy, which involves various individuals competing to see who can salvage equipment from Imperial starships the fastest, and nice. who can survive perilous obstacles along the way. So they get, like, bread-shaped medals at the end of it. <laughs> I was just thinking that it was sponsored by, by Plutz Plates, but <laughs> may maybe they do get a bread, a bread medal or a bread trophy. <laughs> 
Well, it's like in Formula One when you sponsor a Grand Prix, you get to make the trophy look like whatever you want. Yeah. Like that, um, as it's Sonic the Hedgehog trophy. Yeah. Maybe it's like that. Like maybe all of the trophies are shaped like a plate or bread or something. <laughs> or yeah, I guess it is this. I guess it is a nice parallel of like you know in you know in the actual thing they go to him and they get like bread in return. Instead, they're going to yeah. Umpar maybe on on a podium, and he's like giving mm. them like a floor, like a like a wreath over their neck, and then also like a, just a. <laughs> Like a um, like a tiger loaf as like a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna say like the wreath isn't like laurel wreath. It's just a wreath of cinnamon buns. Yeah. Oh, how good would that be though? Oh, be I so would much eat that nicer. Before the national anthem was over. Yeah. <laughs> stop! 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 <laughs> um, these these are um, televised across the universe. Uh, sorry, across the galaxy. Um, yeah. And I just sort of an extra addition to his his operations and his business empire, right? Um, So, now, at a later date, it's where Mm. it somewhat becomes a little bit interesting. Okay. Because it becomes known to Unkar that a certain someone, a certain someone, a popular chef on the planet Batu, who operates the Black Spire outpost, has been selling bread that instantly takes shape. And uh, from a little from a little portion uh, piece, similar to his recipe. Interesting. Um, certain James, do you, do you, do you know who this person would be? I I think I do. Is this Strono Tugs? It is. Yes, it is Strono Tugs. And bless him, he's been selling the same recipe and has created his own little business empire on Batu based on this same thing. Uh, is there some like? Is there some? Um, kind of corporate espionage going on, or is it just he's managed to synthesize the recipe? I, going I, on? I imagine that he's. I imagine that there's been a little bit of, um, yeah, nefarious work at foot. Ooh. I think there's been a little bit of, you know, trading of insider secrets and recipes mm. have been shared, that kind of thing. <laughs> he's employed some of the resistance spies or something to go into <laughs> Unkar Plutt's operation. Well, I mean, Batu for all Unkar knew. I don't. I. I, I think mm. Batu. Had um, I think Batu had uh, connections with uh, Ankar's empire. Um, okay. So this angered Ankar. You, as you can imagine, right? He yeah. he instantly feels that his recipe has been stolen. Mm. And like, what do you what do you think what do you think he would have done in this instance, James? Do you think he would have taken this? Ooh. Do you reckon he would have just brushed this off? He doesn't seem like the kind of person to take these things lying down. Like, As we, I, from what we know of him in the Force Awakens, yeah, I he seems like a man who holds a grudge. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. He very much does. He's got so much money. He's created his own business empire. He's got all these hired goons with him, <gasps> and so Unkar travels to Batu to investigate, yeah. and that's when they find this thriving chain of restaurants on Batu <gasps> where people go to watch bread instantly rise into all these different culinary creations. Yeah. Right? There's instant Batu pizza, James. <laughs> and instant Batu spice rolls. What's going <gasps> on? I've seen them before somewhere. <laughs> the utter the utter barbarity of it. How dare they? <laughs> the unmitigated goal. <laughs> and you know, Uncle goes and and his goons, they both walk yeah. in they all walk into a restaurant. You know, that yeah. kind of like, you know, in a Western how like the doors swing open <laughs> and they all kind of like walk in all together. <laughs> Um, there's a guy in the corner playing piano and he suddenly stops, stops. When the door opens. <laughs> and everyone turns around there's a guy with a spittoon he's like mid spit <laughs> he turns around like what? <laughs> um and yeah and and strono himself comes out 
of a door. Mm. He comes out of um, he comes out the door. He's he's the chef at this place. Yeah. And he comes out and he goes, "Well, hello there, weary travelers, hitchhikers, tourists, or critics. <laughs> Either way, if you're here for culinary marvels, you've come to the right place." And mm. Uncar stares blankly at him, right? Yeah. And simply responds with, "Like, do you know who I am?" And Astrono <laughs> replies with, well, should I? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Uncar Plutt's going to need some factor for that burn. Um, he's, yeah, put some factor 50 on that, mate. There's no coming back from that. Um, he shouldn't have done that, James. Oh, no. He shouldn't have done that oh, at all. Because Uncar's got all his goons. He's got his goons, exactly. They could go and like smash up the piano in the corner and everything. Yeah, there's, there's probably like a big Wookiee in that group he's got with him as well like black kazanton <laughs> might be one of those goons for all Brilliant. tugs knows and he uncle well uncle's very angry and yeah. he he flips a plate on a nearby table of instant <gasps> batu sultana croissants right he flips it <laughs> it goes everywhere um and he leaves he walks out the restaurant yeah. with his goons yeah but before he vanishes out of sight he turns around and he shouts you've angered the wrong crow loot Ooh. And for anyone who doesn't know, Crowloot is the species of of um of Uncar Plutt. So thank you very that. much. I, I did not know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um yeah, he says you've angered the wrong Crowloot. Or Crowloot? Mm. Crowloot? I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, there we go. Crowlute. 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 So Italian sort of theme. Um so James, what do you think yes. Uncar does now? Ah, uh, see, he's got all of his goons with him. I'm imagining Black Chrysanthemum in this group. I I can't shake that. Out <laughs> All of my right, head let's for just say reason. let's just say he is. I, oh no, wait, no, let's not say he is. Let's not say he is. Hmm. Oh, okay, interesting. Hmm, hmm. that someone sounds else. like a plot twist. Some, that's gonna come someone later. else. <laughs> so, I, oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. He could go to some of the other Batu franchises and like rough the place up, or maybe does he? Oh, did I? Oh, here's an idea. Yes. Does he like start spreading kind of rumors about like hygiene ratings or something, <laughs> or like? Well, he starts unleash doing some... bad TripAdvisor reviews. Yeah, or like unleash some womp rats in one of the restaurants <gasps> that they have to close down. Oh, that would be very interesting. Well, yeah, maybe he I like could... the I like the angry TripAdvisor, though. That he just goes online <laughs> and leaves one-star reviews. He gets there. all of his goons to get to each <laughs> yeah. post a review each. There's six reviews collectively. He's like, ha-ha, yeah. that'll do it. It's like, each of you make four new email addresses. <laughs> we'll bring him down yet. Well, I'm going to say he does do that, just because, you know, okay. that's quite a funny thing to happen. But... Yeah. That's not what. That's not all he does. What else does he do? Well, in the dead of night, he uses his operatives to go around, mm. and as and as I mentioned, he's quite angry, right? So yeah, he goes around and lays thermal detonators around all <gasps> the restaurants owned by Strono Tugs on Batu. So much worse than review bombing. That's literal bombing. <laughs> it's literal bombing. Each and every one, James. Each restaurant, he's he's wow. planted detonators in every one. No, that's a lot of detonators. It's a lot of detonators. And on his command, Uncar yeah. orders them to blow all of the restaurants up. Oh no. Yeah, he's blown the yeah, it's blown to smithereens. You know on like Rogue One how you see like all the different detonations mm. on Scarif. It's like that. Yes. It's oh. it's pretty bad. It's pretty, this, pretty bad. This sounds like his godfather moment. You like when um Yeah. When Michael Corleone like comes out of the bathroom and shoots everyone. This feels yeah. like Uncar Plutt's bathroom moment. <laughs> Well, as I said, yeah, he's he gets rolled up very easily. Um, yeah. he, and this is, you know, he does in this instance. He blows all the restaurants up. And mm. this is where 
the story also takes a little bit of a turn because he blows all the restaurants up. And yeah. as this was on Batu, this was in the middle of actually an imperial, or shall we say, the First Order and Resistance mm. skirmish. <gasps> and that's that's bad timing. Very bad timing. So <clears throat> what do you? I mean, there's there's First Order operatives, some mm. troopers, there's some Resistance operatives on the planet, and yeah. there's explosions going on everywhere. What do you think they would yeah. think seeing explosions happening? They'd probably think that, like, both sides would think the other is doing it as part of their attack. Surely. Exactly. Yes. So they both think that both of them are being attacked. And both sides decide to track down the person who has started these detonations. Oh, my goodness. Both sides, the First Order <laughs> and the Resistance, make Unkar enemy, like, public enemy number one. And they oh, go after no. him. <laughs> This is such a bad turn from this... just like having a big baking empire. He could have let this go. He could have let this go, now, man. Now he's on the run from the First Order and the Resistance. Yeah, they both they both think that Unkar's working for either one of the other side. So oh, no. Unkar's, you know, he he hears through the grapevine that he's been hunted down by both yeah. sides. Um, so he runs. He legs it. Yeah. He goes yeah. for it because everyone knows where his base of operations is. He runs to the only place he can think will offer mm. him protection. Yeah. Um, he resorts to the Hutt clan, mm. who now, on Tatooine, is owned by Boba Fett and Black Chrysanthemum. Ah, so it is. There we go! <laughs> so, yeah, they, yeah, I told you they were going to come in in some way, or, um, or insinuated <laughs> it, shall we say. And he asked for protection. Yeah. He, you know, he's got money to offer, mm -hmm. Um, so he's got something to offer in return. And yep. Boba and Black Chrysanthemum accept this, and they decide to put him up for a few nights, or a week, shall we say, um, <laughs> yeah. on Tatooine in Jabba's palace, or Boba's palace, mm. shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it right. Let's get the facts straight. <laughs> and But mm. in, in the middle of one of the nights... Oh, should I say also Rey is with Ankara at this point? Okay. So yeah. he's taken Ray to Jabba's palace as yeah. well. And in the middle of the night, a resistant spy infiltrates Jabba's palace in a bid Ooh. to either extract or eliminate Unkar Plutt. Ooh, interesting. This resistant spy is a certain Poe Dameron. I was just going to say. <laughs> they're, all get, they're all making an appearance in this one. Um, I was like, he... it's either Poe or Finn, and I can't decide which one it's going to be. <laughs> I usually, okay, so yeah. Poe's there. Yeah, Poe's there. Is BB-8 with Poe Dameron? Uh, he's a, he's by the ship. He's waiting by the okay. ship. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he goes in, and yeah. he finds Unkar, and he almost kills him. And he asks, and, and in this moment, sort of Unkar leaps up, mm. and he's, he's, he's got a gun pointed to him. Yeah. And he gets Ray, who is in the same room as him, to protect him, to stand in front of him. Yeah. To protect me, protect me. And this is where Unkar learns from Poe that mm. Poe, the First Order had been actually secretly investing and stashing money through Unkar's bread business. Ooh. And that made it seem like Unkar was a, an operative or a shell company working yeah. for the First Order this whole time. Like a kind of money laundering fund Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um, turns out, Poe Dameron isn't there to kill Unkar. 
But yeah. actually, simply they're just to extract information. Okay. Hmm. And as it turns out, and this is what Poe um, unveils to to Ankar in a very expositiony moment. Yeah. <laughs> in the, in the, in the, <laughs> um, it turns out that actually the First Order had been also secretly funding Strano Tug's Black Spire outpost as well. Ah. And the devious little the devils. Devious little devils. And this First Order, <laughs> it was the First Order that actually stole Ankar's recipe. <gasps> So that it would actually incite rivalry between both parties in this instance. Cheeky buggers. And this would lead to this dispute and to a distraction being caused on Batu, and making yeah. it seem that, you know, making the resistance look elsewhere or get yeah. distracted. Wow, and... the First Order are playing some 3D chess there. <laughs> well, they, they did sort of do that, didn't they? They, 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 yeah. they? they did a lot of sort of secret funding of military weapon, yes. like weapons and um, technology companies and all sorts of stuff, didn't they? That's, yeah, that's true. Like, a lot of their thing early on was we can't attack the Resistance dead on because then the New Republic will come after us. So we've got to, like, kind of trick them into attacking us first or create these, like, false flag attacks. Yeah, yeah that seems in character. Yeah. Um, so Poe simply wants to ask, who was the contact? Who was the contact that, that he had, Unkar had funding yeah. him? And... Ankar has little knowledge of the person in question because he had always had other people dealing with investors and he, mm. very, he very rarely got involved in the financial side of his business. Yeah. Especially in these days, he gets, you know, he's too big for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and, but this is also where Ray learns that Ankar has detonated bombs mm. across Batu. She didn't know this. And yeah. he, she's disgusted by him and decides to leave Ankar and... Mm -hmm who she almost considered her, her father figure at this point. You know, she's been working as, you know, in his business for so many years. And, yeah. you know, and she says that she will offer up all the information she has that she can help the resistance with at this point. Mm. So she leaves along with Poe. Yeah. And Unkar's there. He's lost his, he's lost Ray. Yeah. He's lost his reputation because at this point, word has got out of the bombings. And there's been rumours spreading around about maybe the involvement of rival enterprises like Unkar and whether it's yeah. there's shady dealings there or whether there's sort of underworld uh, operations going on. <laughs> there's uh, whole Reddit threads about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a whole dark web sort of like thing that yeah. started. Uh, so he goes back to, he decides to go back to his bread empire to stand up and sort of make himself known um, and to face whatever's coming to him, right? Mm. He goes to he goes back to the Scavenger Games. He's got a little arena on Jakku where he watches from. Yeah. And he you know, he's sitting there in one of the boxes watching one of the Scavenger Games play out and he's thinking, you know, what can I do to you know, what have I done? You know, I've alienated mm. the person most closest to me. I've lost like basically my daughter figure. Yeah. I feel quite alone at this point and I've let someone who cared about me down. Yeah. Um and during one of the scavenger games, a guard enters and, okay. and asks One him, of his guards. One of his guards, yes, one of his guards. Okay. And says that someone, someone's outside. Mm. Someone's outside the gates. And someone in First Order armor and Ooh. First Order armor, but he's asking for shelter. Ooh. And now, at first, Unkar thinks nothing of this. He usually has okay. millions of people asking for charity. 
in the harsh planet yeah. of Jakku. Um, <laughs> and he usually has people like asking for money or asking for this and that, and he usually just turns them away. Yeah. Um, he's he's like a he's like a Scrooge, really, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> is this all coming from the fact that you watched the Muppets Christmas Carol recently? <laughs> yeah, I did. This is not. Yeah, I did not get any inspiration at all from the Muppets Christmas Carol on this part. Um, and that person in First Order armor is Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Halfway on the stairs is. Oh my god, we need that. Would be incredible. No, but, uh, but that would bring a um, a nice return with uh, Frank Oz to the Star Wars universe. Mm, that's true. Um, but um, on hearing that this person is in First Order armor. <coughs> And yes. knowing how the First Order had been meddling in his business affairs, yeah, he felt a turn of rage at the at the mm. sight at the you know at the notion of this. So he goes down to the gates himself, yeah. right, to see a certain stormtrooper there, weary, tired, hot, asking for help. Mm. James, who do you think this is? Is it FN two one eight seven? You would be right. Woo-hoo! You would be right. So it is a certain F12187, and he's pleading <laughs> for Uncast protection. Yeah. Um, telling about a whole story of escaping from a near you know, a nearby resistance cruiser. <coughs> mm. And at this point, <sighs> Uncar grabs his grabs a blaster from one of the guards and he points it at yeah. Finn's head. Or uh, he yeah. does he's not even called Finn at this point, is he? He's guessing no, he's just he's called... not escaped with Yeah, he's, he's not, not escaped with Poe, has he? He's just FN two one eight seven at this point. Yeah. Um so he's pointing the tr- he's pointing the blaster at him, and he's so mm. enraged by the sight of him that he's about to pull the trigger. But he thinks for a moment, and he thinks mm. at how Ray would think of him right now. Yeah, and he thinks, you know, what would you know what would she say, or what would what would she think of him in this instance? He's basically mm. going back to what he did on Batu, and which in which drove her away, and. Yeah. He thinks she would show mercy to this stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. So he does. He lowers the blaster, ashamed by what he was about to do. Yeah. And Unkar then decides to stop. He goes back up to the box and he stops the scavenger scavenger games. He stops the event mm. mid-game. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's mid-hurdle, like they're in the air. <laughs> he, he, oh, he falls. Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Onkar projects himself onto a big screen on the arena. Yeah. Mm. There, there and then, he decides to denounce his actions, <gasps> publicly out himself, but yeah. also to denounce the First Order and everything that wow. they have done. And now, James, cut. Yes. Smash cut. <gasps> Smash Woo. star wipe. Woo. Yeah, exactly. Star wipe. <laughs> We're going across halfway across the galaxy. <laughs> um, we cut to... A resistance base on Dakar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where Poe is there, Ray yep. is there, BB-8 mm-hmm. is there, Leia is there. They're all there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the team is there, and um, and with news of the dreaded Starkiller base has just come out. Mm. Hosnian Prime has been blown up. Yeah. At this point, but with no Finn F one two one eight seven to tell them how to destroy it. <gasps> That's there's true. no way there's there's no way that they can do anything. So they are simply there in hiding. But suddenly, <gasps> at that point, at that point, someone from the base outside where Finn and um, sorry Poe, Ray and Leia they all are talking. Mm. 
there's a resistance trooper who runs in with a load of boxes. Yeah. And in fact, tons of boxes. Ray runs out to see what the commotion is. And what she sees there is Uncar Plutt helping unload tons of his portion bread yeah. for the resistance. In fact, the whole <laughs> recipe and <gasps> mechanical parts to build machines that can mass produce all Ooh, of this for the resistance. Interesting. So he's transferring like his whole operation there. He's transferring his whole business enterprise and his secrets to help wow. basically fund and to give food resources to the yeah. resistance. He's gone non-profit. He's gone <laughs> Exactly, yeah. He's become like a uh, yeah, like a British Red Cross cross type thing. Um, <laughs> not to be too cynical, but I reckon there's a tiny part of Uncle Plot that's thinking, and if I go non-profit, I don't have to pay tax on this. <laughs> oh god, yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> like I'm helping the resistance, I'm doing a good thing. Listen, also I don't have to pay he's tax. trying to do a good thing. He's he's had a turn of heart. He wouldn't dare think that. And he, and and he anyway, deserves the, a different tax bracket and, for and, it. But anyway, the new republic is now blown up, so now there's no tax yeah. tax to be paid anyway. <laughs> That's very true, yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I bet there's no... I don't know if there's any local tax rules on Jakku, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but not only Unkar comes out, but yeah. Ray also sees someone else stumbling out of the ship, mm. helping to carry boxes. A certain FN-2187. Yeah... And as Ray and Poe stare at the stormtrooper <coughs> and ask, you know, what is he doing here? Yeah. Ankar says, with a dry smile, he says, we think you're going to want to hear what this stormtrooper knows. Mm. And that's the end. <gasps> Please tell me there's a post-credit scene where him and Poe kiss. <laughs> there can be, I suppose. <laughs> for, clar no... for clarity, Finn and Poe, not Ankar Plutt and Poe. I do not want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's terrific. I love, a, I love a change of heart. I love a nice redeemed, like, not villain, but just a, a redeemed kind of, um, I don't know, like a morally kind of grey character. Yeah, he's I not... I love it when they, when they see the light. Yeah, he's, you know, he, there's no... Yeah, it's really hard to come back from blowing up half the restaurants on Batu, right? Especially yeah. if there's, like, people in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, or people around them. I'm pretty sure people got hurt <laughs> in the explosions. Um, yeah, I hope he faces some accountability for that. I'm sure he will. I mean, I'm pretty sure that once he's done with his deliveries and with setting up, yeah. you know, helping facilitate the resistance, I'm pretty sure maybe he's thinking, like, once the war's over, maybe I'll put myself up and walk. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. So that's me, James. Um, now... Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. That, no worries. I am now going to hand it over to you, James. Okay, then. There was a point in your story, and I can't remember what it was now, but I remember thinking, like, oh, no, our August story's going to end up in the same place. <laughs> and have they? They have not. Okay, um, good, good. <laughs> so in mine, Uncar Plutt's portion bread. Like, he's dishing it out on Jakku like he normally does. He's giving it to scavengers. They're bringing in metal. He's giving them portions. And, and at some point some word of this portion bread gets out into the galaxy. Like, there's someone on Jakku and they see someone eating some portion bread. Maybe they try a bit, maybe they take a picture of it, it ends up, like, spreading around the hollow net, And it gets noticed. And one day, a pair of a pair of travellers, outlanders, come to Uncle Plutt's hut. Mm. And they've got, like, kind of, you know, slightly, like, vintage ugly clothing on. One of them's got a moustache, one of them's got big chunky glasses. Yes. And, and they say... Oh, we've heard there's there's this like rare local bread around here. We want to really want to try because we're traveling. We want to sample some of the local cuisine. Yeah. And Uncle Plutt's like, oh god, what are you two doing here? 
and he says like i'm not a cafe i'm exchanging you know i'm exchanging scrap metal here for for like valuable resources yeah and he thinks this will turn them off because like they're clearly just here for like a tourist thing they just want to eat some of the food mm. but these two hips the tourists they love it they think oh <laughs> this is really cool this is like part of the gimmick this is yeah you know this is like um you know when you like go to australia on a working visa yeah and you like travel while you work they they think this is terrific <laughs> fantastic okay so they go off into the into the scrap fields and they pick up some bits of star destroyer and an x-wing and tie fighter whatever and they come back and they say look we've got all this metal can we can we have some of your bread mm. and uncle plot's like oh, i thought i'd gotten rid of you all right fine you've you brought some metal you can have some portions yeah and they go away and they eat it and then they start sharing it to the hollow net and then like over the next couple of days more and more travelers from all parts of the galaxy from you know the mid rim the outer rim the core they all start coming to jakku mm. and uncle plot's like what is going on here why why are they coming for this bread like I'm, I'm happy because I'm getting all of this scrap metal. Yeah. But, but why are they coming for this bread? And he's baffled by it. <laughs> this and is like this is this is not this is not what like yeah I'm I'm used to junk trading. That's all I'm yeah. used to. Like what is it like? Who is this? What's this bread industry? Like I've only heard of these distant things from the caves of Mustafar, mm. the bakers of Mustafar. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not me. Yeah, like he's he's used to people not wanting to be on Jakku. Like he's used to people like haggling with him over bread prices but here's people just willingly like yeah i'll exchange this bit of thermal converter matrix for two portions like sure and in one day one day someone turns up at his stand i'm gonna say they're a rodian because we were talking a while back about wanting more rodians in star wars do they die they don't die yes i'm Come on. hang on hang on i'm on a rodian name generator right now okay um <laughs> Wulira, Wulira the Rodian. Wulira, great, okay. I love it, I love it, James. You're starting the trend of Rodian surviving. <laughs> yeah, Wulira, she comes up to, to Uncle Plut's stand, and Uncle Plut's like, I guess you're here for bread as well, like, what have you got to trade? And she says, oh, no, no, I'm not here for bread. And she tells Uncle that she's a talent scout. Ooh. And not just any old talent scout, but one with a specialism in the culinary <laughs> arts. <laughs> so is this like a... um? Like some sort of culinary scout who goes around just adventuring, mm. trying different things in different planets. Pretty much. Well, there's someone who recognizes, like, I'm going to use a pun here, the key ingredients of like a celebrity chef. Hey. And she, she says, you know, I'm the person who got Dexter Jetster his first cookbook deal. Whoa. I'm the person who put Strono Tugs on the hollow net. <laughs> I'm the person who made Chef Gourmand the, the face of life day cooking. And wow. she says, I want to represent you, Uncle Plut, because I think you've got something here with this portion bread. And he gives him his he gives him his business card or her business card. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and Uncle's like, oh, this this is ridiculous. You know, I'm just here to trade scrap, and now someone's saying, like, I want you to be a celebrity chef. And he's yeah. thinking, this is stupid. I'm not even making the bread. I just got these packets out of a Star Destroyer. Because <laughs> in my story, unlike yours, he doesn't know the recipe for any of this. He just knows you put it with water and it makes bread. <laughs> Like it's like somebody getting like making like mi microwave Tesco meals yeah, and being yeah. like will be like what is this this incredible yeah. like meal there like, it's, it's exquisite and you're like just put it in the microwave for like two three minutes what it's like this is oh I've got to tell everyone about this and then suddenly you're like you're going yeah. around different people's houses being asked to make the same thing and you're having to like yeah. rush the people's microwaves. Yeah, they're like, what's your secret? It's like, well, sometimes I ping the door open like three seconds before the timer goes off. But... Sometimes, sometimes I defrost it a little bit, but that's, you know, it's <laughs> about it. I put like a bit of salt and pepper on maybe, <laughs> but it's only if I remember to. But yeah, he's he's thinking like, this is this is stupid. I'm not going with this. 
And then he starts thinking, oh, actually, you know, this, this could be a bit lucrative. If people really like this, maybe, maybe I'll give this a shot and I'll see where it goes. Hmm. And he's a bit worried because the portion bread supply that he's got, obviously he looted it from these Rex Star Destroyers. Yeah. There's a limit to how much he's got. And yeah. if he doesn't know the recipe, he can't make any more. Sure. But he's thinking, you know what? It could be fun to get off Jakku for a while. It could be fun to see where this venture goes. And he thinks he might as well just like, he might as well just go with Wulira and, and see what she's thinking about these cookbooks and, and hollow net TV specials and things. Yeah. And he's thinking, you know, I'll just go with it until the portion bread supply runs out and then I'll cash out. I'll retire somewhere <laughs> on, on Kanto Bite or Naboo or wherever. And, and it'll be fine. Like, I'll just, I'll stop it. I'll have enough to retire by that point, hopefully. So is, is he sort of taking like a batch of portion portion packs with him like in a bag or something yeah or i imagine he's i imagine he's got like several years worth of this stuff <laughs> all saved up and then whenever she comes around just like 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 inspecting these crates on yeah. one of the starships like, <laughs> so what's what's in here what's your secret and he's like he gets in front of it immediately he's like don't don't look yeah. in there don't look in there well, that's what i'm thinking he like because he doesn't know the recipe and he can't like give the recipe to other companies to make he's like oh it's an old family special i couldn't possibly you know i, I promised my nana on her deathbed that i wouldn't tell anybody else amazing and so Ankar leaves jakku with wulira the rodian talent scout yeah and and he takes the falcon with him because he owns that yeah. And he takes Ray to pilot it and to sure. be his kind of like, um, I was going to say second in command as if they're like a military thing. His sous chef. That's what she is. She's okay. his sous chef. Great. And and it becomes like, you know, with Ray and the Falcon, it becomes part of this kind of like down to earth cooking brand. A bit like the Hairy Bikers, which oh, I, don't know if that's a, nice. I don't know if that's a reference that resonates outside of the UK. Yeah. But... <laughs> they're awesome, by the way. They're just like a bunch of northern yeah. guys on motorbikes yeah. with like long beards and long hair. They're a bit of a mess, but they're just two brilliant blokes who can cook. Yeah. And they have a TV show and it's great. So Onkar becomes an instant hit across the galaxy. Like people love the kind of the stripped back no nonsense style of portion bread mm. and so he becomes like he becomes a hit across the galaxy yeah everyone wants a bit of Unkar plutz bread and so he's got like <laughs> you know he's got cookbooks he's got hollow net shows he's judging a baking show he's like he's going on panel like comic panel panels yeah like, like eight out of ten cats does countdown yeah. or something yeah. he's doing all of those he's on like the yeah. star wars version of jonathan ross he's doing like the morning brunch shows and and he is raking it in right but it also gets him into like this circle of kind of galactic celebrities. Ooh. Like he becomes the kind of, I don't know, Gordon Ramsay of yeah. the galaxy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and because he's got so much money already, like he's made more than he thought he was going to from this. He starts thinking, oh, I don't need to save all of this for when the bread supply runs out. Yeah. I can start spending a bit of it here and there. And so he buys himself a nice little penthouse suite on Canto Bite. Which Ooh. is probably also a tax haven. Um, he... <laughs> of course, you've got to. <laughs> of course, of course, he's got like non-domicile status or something. Yeah. He buys he buys a couple of luxury Naboo star yachts, some vintage speeders, that kind of thing. And he starts splashing out like here and there, and he th you know he starts maybe betting in the Canterbury Casino, betting on pod races, farther races, that kind of thing. But he's thinking it's fine because, you know, like I know my bread supply is dwindling and eventually it will run out, but I'm making so much money from this. Yeah. I, I don't need to worry about money. Except one day he does need to worry about money. Oh. Because one day okay. he realizes. <laughs> he, he <two> really, <laughs> yeah, he's what the bread's blown up. Someone's burnt all the bread. Someone's detonated all his all his restaurants. Well, he gets to a point where he realizes two terrible things. The first is that 
he's almost broke. Like he spent so much money oh, no. just kind of ramping up his spending. Oh, no. Where he's got like he's got like apartments on Coruscant and Corellia oh. and, and Takadana and oh, all of these planets. Oh no. He's so got he, like So he's just splashed out on like expensive cars yeah. and things like that. Yeah, he's just he's spent so much. And the other thing he realizes is this portion bread supply is actually running out way faster than he thought it would. Oh no. And so he he's forced to to confront a kind of ugly reality that like he's got a load of stuff but he doesn't have much cash. He's like asset rich and cash poor. And his accountant says, you know, you might need to sell up. Like you might need to sell say your Coruscant apartment or your Canto Bite penthouse or yeah. one of your one of your many bespoke yachts. And he I get and I guess he's like reluctant to do it as well. He's like, "Oh, I can't sh- I can't live without that that luxury exactly. penthouse suite on Canto Bite." Yeah. Like I need and that. Like, yeah, and like he knows all of the other rich people that he know look down on him because he was a scavenger. They're going to look down on him so much more if he has to admit that he's run out of money, has to sell all of his stuff. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to do that. So he goes to his agent and says, look, Willira, I, I need just like one big gig, okay? I need to... <laughs> I, I'm not going to say why. <laughs> it's definitely not that the bread supply is running out. I know. Um, but I just... Uh, is there any work going around I, that I, I know. can do? It's going to be the Galaxy... It's going to be the... Uh, New Republic Guinness World Record for the biggest instant bread cake <laughs> ever made. We're gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, can I go? Is there like Strictly Come Dancing? Can I go on that? <laughs> or, or some kind of reality show? Is there anything? Yeah. And Willira says, well, there was one job that came through the other day, but I didn't mention it to you because I didn't think you'd be interested. And and she says that there was some first order guy on the phone uh, called Allegiant General Pride. Ooh. And he was saying that the first order needed a chef because they've been. They've been building this big old fleet out in the unknown region somewhere. And he's, he was saying, like, well, they, they've got a load of stormtroopers and a load of soldiers and a load of everything. But because they've been so busy building this fleet in the ice, none of them have really had any time to, like, you know, work out life skills, like how to feed themselves. Mm. So General Pride wants Unkar Plutt to go and teach a cooking class to the Final Order soldiers on Exegol. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's got to be, like, oh, if you get that through... You know, you're thinking, oh, I could get so much money from this, but also, oh, I've heard such horrible things from these people. Yeah, yeah. And Willira was thinking as well, like, it's, it's a, you know, maybe it's a sweet gig, maybe they're paying a lot, but this is kind of beneath you. Because, like, Unkar, you're a celebrity chef. Yeah. Like, you can have your own TV series and everything. Yeah. You don't need to go and teach cooking to soldiers. Okay. Yeah. But Unkar's thinking, like, this is brilliant. Because, <laughs> A, they're paying a ton of money. Yeah. B... They're on Star Destroyers. And where did I find my original stash of portion bread supplies? Star <gasps> Destroyers. Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. So so he accepts the job and he concocts this plan. He thinks, right, I'll go to the Star Destroyers and I'll set up my cooking class. And while I'm doing that, my trusty kind of second in command, my trusty sous chef, Ray, will <laughs> oh, go no. to the storeroom and she'll root around <laughs> and she'll more. make... Yeah, she'll make off with all of their ration packs <laughs> while I'm busy. Brilliant, because that, le- that lends itself to Ray being a scavenger. Um, exactly. On, on, on looting Star Destroyers again. Yeah. Um, but, oh my gosh, Unkar, what are you getting yourself into? He's, <laughs> well, like, he's in, like, yeah, he's in dire straits, right? He's going to get killed. They're going to shoot him <laughs> as soon as they find that they're taking one morsel of portion bread. Look, when the only alternative is to sell your 30 yachts, what else do you do? There's plenty Let's of steal. alternatives. <laughs> 
there are no like, alternatives. He could like, I don't know, maybe go back to just being a junk trader, or maybe he could just like, <laughs> I don't know, like do something, like anything, like not when you've had memoirs. a taste of the good life. <laughs> oh, that's a good shout. He could have written a memoir. So they they fly to Exegol, and they land, and they they board um, General Pride Star Destroyer. And they're greeted by General Pride. They're greeted by Captain Phasma, who is still mm. alive in this universe. Okay. Um, and they're both big, big fans of Uncar Plot's portion bread shows. Sure. They're like, they're honoured to meet him. They're like, we're so glad that you came to do this. This is going to be great. All of our troopers are going to be able to cook so well with you here. Yeah. And and while Uncar Plot sets up things in the kitchen for his big cooking display, Ray sneaks off to look for the portion bread. She's going through all of the storerooms and everything. But um, of course, there's one other person on the Star Destroyer that I haven't mentioned. Oh, a certain a certain angry young man. Oh, okay. A with a distinctive helmet. With a with a bit of a fringe going on. Yeah, with a bit of a fringe with uh, yeah. with some big swole pecs. Okay. <laughs> um, a certain Kylo Ren. Indeed, he oh, do. Okay, and 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 um and Ray is on on the planet or the same place as well yeah. as Kylo Ren. Ooh, this could get yeah. interesting. Yes. So while Ray is like rooting around in the storeroom. Kylo runs up on the bridge and he thinks, I can, I can sense something. My spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> My Jedi senses are tingling. Okay. And he can, he can like sense Ray on the ship. And he's like, there's not been someone force sensitive on here before. Who is this? And he goes and he goes in looking for her. Um, and he finds Ray and he takes her captive. And he thinks, I, I know she's not a Jedi, but I can sense the force in her. I can sense that she's strong and I'm going to turn her to the dark side. Yeah. And so back to the kitchen, Uncle Plot's there preparing, and he tries to get Ray on the comlink to be like, right, I'm ready to start the class. Are you ready to start unloading the, the portion bread onto the Falcon? Yes. And when Ray doesn't answer, Uncle thinks, oh no, something's gone wrong. She's been rumbled. And so he goes looking for her, and he overhears, overhears two stormtroopers in the corridor talking about this scavenger woman that Kylo Ren has just taken captive. Okay. And Uncle Plot thinks, oh no. Like, not only am I not going to get my portion bread, but Ray, who's become a friend to me over these years, yeah. she's been taken captive. I have to do something about this. Oh, gosh. So Uncle Plot rushes back to the kitchen and he's thinking, right, what can I do? How can I get Ray out of, you know, maximum first, uh, first order security? Mm. And so he's rooting around the kitchen and he searches the medicine cabinet and he finds this little bottle in the, in the cabinet and thinks, ah, this will help. And so he takes the bottle he, he unscrews the cap and he, he sprinkles it into his portion bread recipe. Oh. Oh. And he, he stirs it in and he thinks, yeah, this will be perfect. I'm so worried. <laughs> when the, the cooking class begins, like a little bit later, and everyone on Pride Star Destroyer is there, even Kylo Ren, which either he's a massive foodie, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's just, just always what? He's heard, he's heard of the famous Uncar plot. He's got to come down. He's got to see Yeah. Him. I couldn't really just I couldn't really decide why he's there, so I came up with two reasons for you. One okay. is that he's a massive foodie. Yeah. The other is that, you know, for all you Raylo shippers out there, he saw Ray and was like, Okay, even though I want to turn her to the dark side, she is pretty hot. And yeah. I'm and he's a little bit worried that like she's not gonna be impressed by his force abilities or by his massive swole body. Yeah. So he thinks, you know, I'll learn to cook and see if that impresses her. So yeah. like whichever reason you want, Kylo Ren is there as well. Oh, he's let's go with that class. one. That's a hilarious okay. one. Yeah, I love the fact that he's trying to impress her with his cooking abilities. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah he's he got looks, his little, like a nice romantic he, dinner. He puts on his apron in a real sensual way. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> Still got his helmet on and everything, but yeah. just with an apron over the front. Yeah. yeah. And so Uncle Plot's there and he like dishes out a sample of portion bread to everyone. It says, you know, this is what you're going to be learning to cook. And everyone takes a bite 
And within like almost a few seconds, everyone starts like gripping their stomach and groaning. And some of them start dropping to the floor and they're like rolling around. You're saying, what's going on? Like, oh, this, what's happened? And, and Unkar sees them like once everyone's dropped to the floor, he takes the chance to run to Ray's cell. Mm. And he frees Ray. And as they're running back to the, the Falcon, you know, Ray's like, what, what's happening? Where is everyone? And Uncle's like, don't worry. Everyone is indisposed. They are not going to be troubling us. Yeah. I've taken care of it. Okay. And so they're running back to the, the Falcon and Ray says that she heard something one of the stormtroopers was talking about. This navigation tower on the ship that they need like to get out of Exegol mm. and get into the galaxy. So she says, you know, before we go, I'm just going to like, let's disable that so that they can't follow us. And so they run to the navigation room, they disable the tower that Pride needs to, to fly out of Exegol, or they sabotage it at least, so the fleet can't leave. And then they, they run to the Falcon, and when they get to the hangar, they're confronted by Kylo Ren. But, but Kylo Ren is in a very sorry state. Because oh. Kylo Ren, like everyone else on this Star Destroyer, has the runs. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it came, this is where it comes in. Great. <laughs> okay, so an entire, like, an entire group of stormtroopers are just are just in, yeah, the pits of despair. <laughs> they are in the pits of despair. They are in something that rhymes with the pits of despair because <laughs> Uncle Plot laced this portion bread with laxatives. But, uh, but Kylo Ren, you know, he's gone to this hangar and he's, confr- he's trying to confront Uncle Plot and Ray, but he, he can like barely stand. He is pooping his guts out. Oh, man. And, and so Uncle's like, let's just get in the ship and go. Um, so they run to the ship. And as, you know, Uncle Plot runs onto the Falcon and Ray's there on the boarding ramp and she turns back and she looks at Kylo Ren lying on the floor looking utterly pitiful, <laughs> stinking to high heaven. <laughs> and, and she goes over to him and she kneels down by him and she places a hand on his stomach and she transfers a little bit of, you know, the, a little bit of this force energy that she's always known is there, but she's she still can't know what to do with it. God. And she heals him just enough to heal his diarrhea. <laughs> And to leave wow. him maybe questioning his choices a little bit. That's so and kind. And then gets on the Falcon. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. you know, Ray, it's like you said in your story, like Ray takes pity on people. She she shows yeah. mercy. I just <laughs> I just love I just love the idea that I was just writhing in writhing in pain and like diarrhea is going everywhere. And she has like the she just has this feeling. She's like, oh, maybe I can stop him from, mm. you know, just stop this from happening. <laughs> maybe I can help him. And just like puts a hand yeah. on his stomach and he's like wow how yeah how did i do that <laughs> exactly she thinks you know how maybe i can do something for this this poor pathetic poop covered <laughs> and so Gosh. she heals she heals his dodgy tummy and then she gets on the falcon and they leave and and as uncle plot and ray are flying away from mexico ray asks uncle plot like what are we going to do now because we've just poisoned the entire first order or more accurately you've poisoned the entire first order yeah and i'm with you so what are we going to do now? And an Ankar, you know, he thinks, he thinks about these these luxury apartments around the galaxy, this, you know, these yachts, these vintage speeders, everything he's amassed. And he shakes his head and he looks at Ray and says, "You know, I wonder if the resistance might need a couple cooks now." Ah, uh, star wipe uh, credits. Ah, uh, see our see our two stories sort of sort of ended yeah. in a similar way. <laughs> so wow. So they hold on. Does just wait. Does um I'm sorry, does was there get... anything in there that needed clarifying? Does he you? get does he get paid for this job? Uh maybe not. <laughs> does, he, does he have his financial issues sorted? <laughs> um maybe he takes money on the way out. Maybe he sees a big bag of gold. So wait, maybe they've gone 
Yeah, they've gone away with more portion bread from the first Empire. Yeah, I was it. just going to say, yeah, maybe Rey like, got the rations on board before Kylo Ren captured her. So they're still, they still end up at the Resistance base delivering a load of bread. <laughs> Both of our arcs, yeah, travel a very similar... Like, they, they travel... They have a similar destination and a similar starting point, but a very divergent <laughs> middle. <laughs> Yours end up with what? Stormtroopers... Soiling themselves all over the Snarkula <laughs> yeah. base. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the way that was the way in for the resistance in the first place. Maybe. Like they just sailed right through. Poe, Finn, and Lando turn up at Exegol with a battle fleet, and like, great, we're gonna you know take down these star destroyers, and yeah. then they realize like everyone's dead. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> been this. poisoned. Uncle Plot's like twiddling his thumbs in the background, like wasn't me. <laughs> Might have put a bit more laxative in than I should have done. Well, um, James, mm. uh, I guess, well, sh yeah, should we wrap it up? I think we probably should. Brilliant. Well, we want to know what you guys think about Unkar Plutt and his malevolent bread empire. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on social media at Moisture Farm Rep, or you can send us an email at moisturefarmpod at gmail.com. In fact, if you have any suggestions about topics, characters, or places in the Star Wars universe that we should discuss, send them our way too. And as always, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Wheeler underscore deals. And I'm at James 16 Matthews. And if you liked this episode, God, why did you? Why not subscribe and leave <laughs> us a review at your platform of choice? And if you want to support the show, you can literally buy us a cup of jargies at buymeacoffee.com forward slash moisture farm wrap. <laughs> They're not going to do it now, though, are they? After hearing no, that. I'm sorry. I've they've ruined turned, this we've whole turned show. them all away. They're running. Yeah, <laughs> we've lost you all. <laughs> Next no week will be better, I promise. <laughs> We're going to be talking about, well, oh gosh, what are we talking about next week? I don't even, it's I can't not even remember. poop, I know that it's much. It's not that. It might be an investigation episode, but yes, thank you all for listening to James and I. We'll be back next time, hopefully, if we have decided <laughs> to redeem ourselves and to pluck up the courage to discuss more of the incredible universe that is Star Wars. But until then, we will see you next time on the Moisture Farm Report. <laughs> <laughs>